Welcome back to another edition of From the Bridge. I'm your host, Captain and Concierge Rick Jones of the sponsorship agency Fishbait Solutions. This is the third episode of season three. So let's start off today with three lessons. And these lessons apply to anyone, regardless of your age or your experience. Lesson number one, you have to be a lifetime learner or you risk becoming a fossil. And no one wants to be a fossil. And you can learn either early or late or in between your career. My first job out of college was as a high school basketball coach. After a few years of being a high school coach, I was fortunate enough to become a college coach in my early 20s. Now, we ran this underneath our basket inbounds play against man-to-man defenses that damn near worked every time for a layup or a wide-open short shot. It was a classic pick-the-picker type of play, and if we read the defense correctly, we usually got a layup. Now, where had I learned this play? I actually learned it from a church league girls coach. Now, I could have thought, hey, I'm a big-time high school coach and had the attitude of what can I learn from you? You know, arrogance is never a good quality. Instead, I eagerly sought out her thoughts and ended up with something that really helped our teams over the years. See, you can learn from anyone and everyone if you are alert and have the right attitude. I've learned and changed throughout my life and my career. Only a fool doesn't look to improve things, to find new ways to do things, and to try to learn something new each and every day. You must be a lifetime learner. Today, the rate of technological change is so rapid that change is essential because what you learned in college last year is really old news today. Again, let me repeat myself. You absolutely must be a lifetime learner. Lesson number two. In order to have new perspectives, you have to listen to people that are not like you. To do that, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to check your ego at the door. If you think you're the smartest person in the world, then you're either in the wrong room or you're full of yourself. I'm now 67 years old and trying to help clients market in some cases, to people 60 years younger than me and very different from me. How can I do that? Perspective. Someone else's perspective. Lesson number three, different people makes the difference. Surround yourself with people not like you. Young people, old people, black people, white people, Hispanics, Asians, different religions, different politically. I love gumbo. What makes gumbo so great is all the ingredients. It's the same with agencies like ours. Being with people that act like you, talk like you, vote like you, and worship like you is boring. 
Open your hearts and your mind because that leads to understanding. Speaking of someone not like me, my special guest today is Lizzie Levine. I got to know Lizzie when she was an intern at Vince Thompson's Agency Melt back in the summer of 2018. We reconnected last year when she reached out to me with a very big idea, which we'll discuss today along with a few other things. Let's welcome the lovely and talented Lizzie Levine to the bridge. Good morning, Lizzie. Glad you're with us today. Good morning, Rick. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's start. I always like to start with our guest anglers at the beginning. Uh, Give everybody a little bit of your background. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Lizzie. Um, I went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide for anyone else out there. Um, I grew up in Dallas, uh, Texas, live in Atlanta now. Um, a little bit about me, I studied PR while I was at Alabama and I worked for the athletic department. So I did a lot of sports marketing there and kind of got really inundated with that and the whole sports marketing, digital marketing, um, scene. That was fun. And, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I have two pugs and just loving life right now. Let me ask you, how does a Texas girl end up at, uh, the university of Alabama? That, that is a very good question that many people ask. Um, so I didn't get into UT. I was the biggest UT fan in the world, like sociopathic UT fan. Um, I started sending handwritten letters to Mac Brown when I was six and, uh, we kind of became like pen pals and he would send me like sign trading cards and all of that. So I wanted to go to Texas. I didn't get in because it's so hard to get in. And, um, then I realized, oh, I should all go to a school that has a big football team. That's actually good. Um, because I, <laughs> I wanted that's to kind of mean now. <laughs> it's true though. After Mag Brown left, they don't have a team. Um, but I wanted to go, I wanted to be a sports agent. So I wanted to go to a big school that I could work for the athletic department and get, you know, experience. So I picked Alabama. Well, you and I met when you did your internship with my good friend, Vince Thompson at Melt. Talk, yes. talk a little bit about that internship. Yeah, um, that was, I, I tell people that the only good part about college is getting experience and in internships and that internship, I mean, we're talking today and that was three years ago. That internship was one of the most valuable for me because, um, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do, but we, we were exposed to so many different people in the industry from sports to entertainment to, you know, high up executives to consultants, to, um, agents. And you just, I think that you really were able to see what people did and the connections were amazing. I mean, they, some of y'all that came to speak, I was like, how did he get y'all here? Like, this is insane. And, um, I just, I had a great time. Um, everyone at Melt was awesome and so much fun. And I think internships like that are so valuable way more over school school is like not valuable really well I, i'll commend you for this you know i i speak every year for vince i mean vince is hard to 
to say no to, and I always come in and speak. Right. And every time I speak, I'll say to everybody there, look, if I can ever help you, you know, contact me. And I give out my business cards. Well, that year, you and one other young lady were the only two people that contacted me. Um, Actually? Yeah. I mean, it's like, wow. it's like, well, I must not have made a good impression, but at least yeah. I, I fooled the two of y'all. But, um, you, you know, you, yeah. did, you, you did it anyway. And I remember you called me and said, hey, I, you know, I want to be a sports agent. What do I need to do? And of course, I gave you the classic, you got to go to law school. Um, right. you know, answer and yeah, I'm not sure I want to go to law school. Well, you're not going to be an agent. Um, exactly. You know, and then I was like, yeah, what should I do? Yeah, it's time to pivot if that's the deal, but you have pivoted and I'm really, really proud of you. You're now the founder Thank of you. Virgos and, and, and I, <laughs> I love your title, chief change agent. <laughs> what, what, what a great <laughs> title. Talk, great talk job. a little bit about your business and your, and your title. Yeah, of course. Um, it's so funny you said that because I was emailing back and forth with my dad um, a few days ago and he goes, Elizabeth, because that's my real name and they only call me Elizabeth. He's like, Elizabeth, your signature. I don't even know what the heck that means. You got to change it. I'm like, dad, you were so old school. I'm not changing it. So it's funny you just said that. But um, Well, I'm the captain. I mean, everybody sees my, hey, what does that mean? That's whatever exactly. you wanted to mean. I'm the captain. You remember it. So Exactly. Yes, you yes. remember it. It's like everyone is the CEO, whatever. But uh, why I really made that is because I really, I believe in change. And especially, you know, um, within the sports industry and just women's health in general, why I really started my company um, is, I mean, like I said before, I couldn't get a job being a sports agent. I sh should have gone to law school if I really wanted to pursue it, but I didn't. And so I kind of came up with a way, a solution for, you know, women wherever they are, but also in the sports industry, because there's a big gap in sports experience for women. And so when I, when you look at my title and it says chief change agent, I really do believe that. Like, I want to be the person that is the catalyst for change, right? I want to, women should have a great experience because you can get your haircut at State Farm Arena, but I can't get a tampon. It's a little bit backwards, you know, like. No, it's a lot. So, it's a lot backwards. I love your stated mission uh, is to champion a new women's movement in the sports industry and it it just you know part of it is even today even today too many decisions are made by men who are basically clueless about <laughs> about the needs that you're talking about you told me a great story about the inspiration for both your mission and the product you've developed talk a little bit about going to a game and yeah yeah oh for sure um in Thank you for, um, you know, supporting us. And, you know, there needs to be more people like you out there. If, if there were, it would be a lot easier to, for me to sell. Um, but so one of, you know, the key components of why I really started the company and created our product is think about how awkward it is to walk into anywhere, the American Airlines Center, with a clear bag full of tampons. Who wants to do that? Not me. And it's very uncomfortable. And so actually for the last, for game six for the Mavs, I did that. I brought in, I didn't actually even bring in a clear bag. I just brought in a box of tampons and I wanted to see everyone's reaction. People looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> Literally. 
But but seriously, that experience for a woman, a it's super awkward in general. It's not awkward for me because I don't care. But most people, it's very awkward, and you can't get supplies when you're at the game. Not only that, but you can't leave. So if you can't leave a stadium to get what you want, you're just going to sit there and suffer, or you'll have to ask 45 other women, do you have something? Which is also very awkward. Well, it's amazing that so many organizations, so many stadiums, arenas, facilities don't understand the basics. I'm a, yeah. Uh, I'm almost uh, f- through reading a, a book by former Chick-fil-A CMO, Steve Robinson. His book is called Covert Cows and Chick-fil-A, and it's it's really terrific, and Steve's promised to come on the show. But, you know, one of the points he makes is that you have to get the basics down first. For Chick-fil-A, yeah. the basics are the food. If the, food's, yes. if the food's not any good, the rest of it doesn't matter. Um, and the great news is the food always is good, uh, and so he can go on for there. But your product is about basics, the basic need that 50% of the audience may have to utilize, and right. yet they don't seem to get it. You're right. And I think, and I'm, I'm going to have to read that book and definitely watch the episode with him or listen to the episode with him because, you know, it's you're, you hit it right on the nail. And who else says that is the founder of Raising Cane's? The little things are what makes an experience. If I'm a woman, and I am a woman, so I'm a woman. I love sports, right? I'm a huge sports fan. It doesn't even matter if you're not a sports fan. If I'm going to the game, I'm getting my whole family to go. My two kids, me and my husband, we're going, we're going to the game. And I, I don't have a tampon or a pad. First of all, I'm going to sit there and be miserable, right? Secondly, not only that, but... I'm probably going to annoy my husband or boyfriend or whoever I'm with until I get that, which ruins his experience. But I think that the problem is, is that it's not that people, I think it's a lack of education and people don't really understand, especially men. And they're, y'all just don't have the issue. You don't have a period. So it makes sense. But I think what the problem is, is that people don't understand how terrible this experience is and how that affects the overall experience. Like you said, getting the basics right. I mean, that's like if you go to Chick-fil-A and they didn't have a chicken sandwich, right? It's, it just, for me, the little things, the basics are what make you a true fan are what make you a lifelong fan. Someone, if you have these products at your event, I'm going to say, wow, you really care about my needs. And I'm probably going to be a fan of yours for life because you're not just trying to take my money. Well, you know, we've we, we've gone through an era, obviously, because of all the security issues that largely came out of 9-11, um, where we had to go to clear bags. Um, right. And now we may go to no bags. That's, no bags. That's the latest <laughs> at all. Well, okay, now you got a real problem. You can't bring a bag in at all. I'll, I will tell you a story about the lack of uh, customer understanding. And I'm not going to say what school it was, but I went to a school a few years ago to audit, uh, to do what we call mystery shopping. So it's a college football game day, big game. I'm there watching everything that goes in. They have a clear bag policy. Well, the parking lots at this university are a long ways away, and a, and a mom shows up with three little ones and a pocketbook. 
Okay, no clear bag. And they basically made her go back to her car. And guess what she did? She went home. She, she didn't come back. She left. Yep. And I was like, you know, look, I know you have a policy, but how hard would it be to have a central locker someplace and say, ma'am, here's what we're going to need to do. We're going to walk you down here. We're going to check your bag into this locker. Here's your number, and you can pick it up after the game. It, it, it just amazes me, you know, with the thoughtlessness of the rules. You know, why do we have rules? How do we circumvent rules in order to entertain people or take care of people? And in your case, you know, now you're going to have a need and no product being able to be brought in at all. So hence your solution. Let's talk about your company and the solution. Yep. For sure. So pretty much um, if anyone who's listening is a woman or has daughters or a wife, you can ask them about this, but they have these really, really old school silver coin operated machines that look like they were made in the 1920s, which they probably were. And they're never stocked. The products in there are sketchy. You have no idea when they were put in there. They, and literally who has quarters, right? Right. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't even remember the last time I had cash, much less a quarter. So that makes no sense. And even if these are places, a lot of the times at stadiums, particularly at stadiums, most stadiums just don't even have them in there. And so when I ran into this issue a lot at, you know, sporting events and um, airports and things like that, I said to myself, this has got to be redone. There's got to be a way that this can be more convenient for women. And just I know how terrible the experience is when this happens and there's nothing for me. Um So I created a cashless, fully digital um, vending machine for all organic personal care products for women. I would think now, not only those products, but in a COVID-19 world where you have to have hand sanitizers and all sorts of other products that that would be easy to have you know, a, a vending machine filled with every kind of need that you might have right. at a sporting event right now. Right. You would think that, but I think a lot of times people, not everyone, um, a lot of times though, people look at the bottom line, right? It's a business. I get it. How is this going to affect my bottom line? Well, it will in the long run. There's no immediate, you know, um, monetary value immediately, but in the long run, you have a lifetime fan, you have a customer for life. But I think in, especially in the world we're in now, we're in this weird in between where, yes, I think it has helped getting people aware and more conscious of things to better the experience post COVID. But it's almost like it's, since it's not COVID centric, they're like, "Eh, I don't really want it. And then since there's no immediate, what is this going to do? How is this going to help improve my bottom line, especially because of the hit that sports took with COVID? That's another issue we've run into. Well, we know that at the collegiate level, and I think it's probably true at the professional sports level too, we have a a disconnect with a lot of younger people right now that are not coming to games. And, you know, we did some research a few years ago and, and, and uh, this one particular university, they just didn't have any, any Gen Z, you know, coming at all. And, and this was a, 
a school that had a disproportionate number of Hispanic students, and 22% of them were married with children, undergraduates, and yet they weren't coming to the game. Well, they weren't coming to the game because there's no daycare. Um, and so, you know, if there's no daycare, and they have daycare during the week, Monday through Friday, for you to go to class, but then the daycare wasn't open on Saturday on football Saturday. And we're like, this is not hard. Open your daycare on Saturday. They'll come wow. to the game. Of course they want to come to the game. And I'm thinking the same thing. If I have a small child that, um, you know, I need a diaper bag. I need formula. Yeah. I need, you know, I need, you know, diapers. I need pull-ups. I need all those kinds of things. And now if I'm being restricted by what I can or can't bring into the stadium, it's going to be an easy answer. I'm just not coming. Right. And guess exactly. what? If, if I'm not coming, he's not coming. And, yep. and and if he's not coming, the kids aren't coming and the buddies aren't coming. And, you know, and it's a chain reaction. And I think I think what you're doing is, is very, very smart for the times. You know, people need to not look at you as an expense, but rather as an investment. Right. I, I would love that. I would love that. Um, I hope everyone is listening to this because that is very true. But I think. You know, and I really appreciate you saying that, and it means a lot um, for your support, but not only your support, but there's not a lot of people who think the way that we do in terms of the fan experience, customer experience. And when you go above and beyond just, you know, getting the basics right, you really, people can feel that. People know that. And that's what sports is about. It's about the experience. It doesn't matter if you're at the airport, you're at school, it's always about the experience. And if you have one bad experience, like you just said, where I have three kids, I can't bring in my diaper bag. Do you know how many people you're going to go and tell that this sporting arena or this place just doesn't really care? You'll tell 10 times more likely people than about the one good experience you had. Well, it really is about the basics. You know, one of my favorite sayings is it's never the bear in the woods, it's the mosquitoes. You know, it's always the little things and you better bring bug spray and you better think about that. And I see this a lot. You know, I see it a lot at the collegiate level where, you know, unfortunately, senior leadership, you know, they have their own designated parking space and they come up in an elevator and they go to a skybox and all that. They don't, they have no idea what it's like for a dad to bring his nine year old to the game for the first time. You don't know how to get there. You don't know where to park. You don't know what gate to go to. I mean, it's very, very confusing because we don't understand what's going on for the fan base. And in the case of a female, we need to just make sure we check every box uh, to be able to do that. So I know you're out in the marketplace talking to a lot of um, professional teams, a lot of stadiums, a lot of arenas. We talked about a little bit about that you're doing some stuff in airports. um, And I think that's great. But let me ask you this. Beyond this, what else do you want to see changed or improved about the experience for women in sports? Yes, I love this. I love this. So there are, um, there's a few things that I'm really, really passionate about, um, the in-venue experience for women, right? But it's the, um, there's two other things. One is the marketing. I'm very passionate about um, marketing on a level that hits people emotionally. And when you watch a commercial of, Yeti is a great example of this. Yeti is a movement. It's not a product. It is a lifestyle. When you watch a Yeti commercial, they're not, they're inadvertently selling you. They're not, they're selling you on the experience and you feel an emotion when you use your Yeti product because it, it invokes memories. 
Well, I would, I'm trying, we're very heavily trying to do that right now um, with marketing to women in sports, getting rid of this, let's just throw pink whatever on it and sparkle it up and we can, you know, market to women. That's how we'll get. And, and that could have worked 20 years ago, but you see it now with Naomi Osaka when she, you know, withdrew um, because of mental health reasons. And it's just like, you know, relating market, I'm not saying marketing mental health, but things of that nature where you partner with, let's say calm or an app that promotes mental health, that would be a great partnership. Um, and especially for, you know, anyone, women in sports, things that matter, things that make women say, wow, they actually really care about my needs. And I want to use this product because I care. That's one of them. So marketing beyond just a pink jersey. And um, another one is merch. I would love, we're really trying right now and we're, we're ramping up a college ambassador program. And I would love what one, one of my visions is to get, you know, merchandise that people would wear. That's not just pink, but maybe not necessarily it. You have a huge longhorn logo on it, but it's stuff that you would wear every single day. That's cute. That's trendy where you can show off your fandom and it doesn't have to be, you know, this pink jersey or whatever, because one one thing that I have noticed, me being a diehard sports fan, but women's fandom is always questioned. Whenever I'm watching an event, I'm at an event, everyone's like, oh, wow, you know a lot for sports. I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I do, probably more than you, but thank you. And so I think that you you automatically assume if a woman is not wearing a jersey or a pink jersey or whatever, she's not a fan. But it's because the merch is is ugly. I don't, I really don't. And it's very man centric. (laughs) And I want stuff that's cute that you would wear. Right. And then, um, another thing is, is really the community aspect. Um, we've done a lot of research, especially in, um, the sports betting space where, um, a lot of women love to do sports betting and that's how they've kind of gotten into sports and known about sports. And it's really a community and we're creating a community where women can go outside of the game to really have their, you know, support and fandom celebrated, but not just specifically for women. I, I envision a world where it's not, you know, Oh, you're a woman. You don't know anything about sports. It's where both sides come together and we can just enjoy and love sports. Well, it's interesting. Um, 2022 is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And, and as far as we've come, you realize how much further we have to go. We're still, we still don't seem to get it. I, I was blessed. Uh, you know, I'm the oldest of three boys, but my mama was a huge sports fan and a very knowledgeable yeah. sports fan. I mean, she was a, she knew more about baseball than my dad knew about baseball. And, and my dad knew a lot about baseball. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just grew up in a family where mom loved college sports and loved football and, and but loved baseball. And, and so I never understood that there was a, <clears throat> a difference between the sexes <laughs> about how, right. you, how you enjoy sport because I had done so much. My, my mom, a great story about her, she uh, she had a schoolgirl crush on a third baseman for 
the minor league team in Atlanta at the time called the Atlanta Crackers, believe it or not. And his name was Eddie Matthews, grew up to be a Hall of Famer. And yep. she was there on opening night, the first night the Braves came to Atlanta and lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates 3-2 uh, to two in 11 innings. Uh, Tony Cloninger, the pitcher for the Braves, pitched 11 innings. Can you imagine a starting pitcher no. pitching 11 innings today? What he did that night. My mom was there the night Henry Aaron hit 7-15. My mom was there the day David Justice hit the solo home run and Glavin pitched a two-hitter that won the World Series over the Indians. And then I took my mom to the All-Star game at Turner Field and said, Mom, you hit for the cycle. I can't do any better from that. But but she <laughs> but but she she loved it and 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 her love of it became a love affair for me and for yes. and for our family from that kind of standpoint. But but <clears throat> hearing you today, you're right. We we still, we meaning the industry, just doesn't get it they don't no and I love the story you just told because your mom made you a baseball fan no and question that's about it, it <clears throat> that's that's how it is for they've done plenty of studies and studies show that is most of the reason why kids are sports fans is because of a, a parent but a lot of it is is the mom a lot of it, we've talked to many, many sports fans, and they're like, just same as you. My mom was a huge basketball fan. My mom was, you know, I grew up um, single-family household. My mom took me to all my baseball games. My mom supported me. She was always there. You know, and why does it, it – I always question and wonder, why does it have to be this or that? Why can't it be both? Why can't you make an experience for women great? just because you would do the same for a guy. Well, it's, it's, it's not just gender. I mean, I'm watching a lot of people try to reach the Hispanic audience and they just change the English to Spanish and think that works. Hey, Lizzie, before I let you go, how, how can people find you? Where can they reach out to you? That's a great question. Thank you. Um, we, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn at Viragos. You can email me, Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-Y, at Viragos.com, or reach out on our website, Viragos.com, or any social media. Well, that's terrific, and I hope some people will reach out to you. I'm, I'm really following your uh, what I call your mission. I know you're just getting started, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. So, Lizzie, thanks for being with us today from the bridge. Well, it's time to climb back up on my soapbox. We talked earlier about that inbounds play that worked for me so well. It worked because our players were alert. Alert is an underutilized word, but I like it a lot. Alert means you know what's going on around you at all times. Coach Bob Knight used to talk about knowing the difference between looking and seeing and listening and hearing. When you look at something, do you see it and comprehend it? When you listen to something, do you really hear what's being said? Try staying more attentive this week, more alert. And that's today's view from the Soapbox. Let's close the show with another On the Road with Rick segment. As I mentioned, I love gumbo. 
Jimmy Buffett has a song called I'll Play for Gumbo. I get it. Both the song and the gumbo whenever I can. And there's this little touristy but really good spot in New Orleans right on Jackson Square called the Gumbo Shop. They have a lot of great traditional New Orleans dishes, but make sure you start with one of the two traditional gumbos they make. Either get seafood okra gumbo or chicken andouille gumbo. I usually cannot make up my mind which one, but no problem. I just have both. Yes, like Jimmy, I'll play for gumbo. The award-winning gumbo shop in New Orleans, Louisiana, on the road with Rick. Well, that's a wrap for today. If you like the show, please share the post we send out so more people can find out about us. I hope to see you next week from the bridge. 